Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. The Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle. We're back after a little bit of an absence, but there's no shortage of basketball for us to to talk about. I've got a big announcement to get through from my co-host as well as we approach the NBL 24 season. We've got an NBL 1 season to look back on. We've got a World Cup that is still still happening, but unfortunately the boomers are no longer longer part of it. So plenty for us to get through as we look towards the NBL season here on Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, a man who's going to have plenty to talk about on this this week's show, Cody Ellis. Thanks for joining me once again. Mate, good to be back. It's uh, You're right, it's been a while. Has been a, uh, a bit of a hiatus here, but uh, no, look, good to be back. And yeah, fair bit going on. Mm. We'll get to it later, but we've always called you the Warwick Senators captain on this show, but as of the end of this past NBL1 season, yes, it's no longer the case. No, it's not. It will be the... Uh, Ex-captain now, or <laughs> retired captain. Mm. So, now nah, look, time to hang him up, mate. And, uh, yeah, it was a big decision, but uh, something that I decided earlier in the in the season. Mm. And once I'd kind of uh, talked it all out with, with the family and, you know, made that final leap and uh, accept that that's what I was going to do, mm. it was a massive weight off my shoulders. Mm. So, uh, I think that uh, it was a pretty good sign that I'd made the right decision. Yeah, I always feel like if... The feeling after you make a big dis- decision that you feel is relief, then yeah. you probably know it's the right decision. We'll we'll talk about it a bit more later, but well, how does it feel now knowing that at least at a semi-professional level you've mm-hmm. now played your last game of basketball? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It uh, look, it's it's sunk in a little bit, mm. but not fully. Mm. I think it won't fully sink in until probably January when yep. uh, when preseason rolls mm. around for the boys, mm. and I don't have to wake up on a <laughs> stinking hot Sunday morning yes. and and go train and. But yeah, look, it's uh, it's been good. It's mm. been good. Um, have already felt a bit of a, a life balance change, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, look, obviously it's going to be uh, a lot of fun being around uh, the little fella and watching him mm. go into his basketball life if mm. that's what he wants to do. I think sure. uh, yeah. at the moment soccer's on his mind, okay. um, which is pretty cool. Um, something different. Um, but yeah, just to to help him through all that um, mm. kind of stuff will be be fun. What's the one thing you're most looking forward to about life that's now not surrounded by by basketball? Because really, since you were, probably even before you were a teenager, mm-hmm. basketball's been your whole life. Has. Look, I started playing when I was, I think, six. Yeah. So, And at a decent level from probably about 14, yep. my first under-16 state team. Yeah. Um, even even the year before that was was ITC with Murray Tresseter. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's been at a good level for quite some time mm. so it's been uh yeah about 20 something years you know well geez 25 26 years <laughs> yeah. of uh basketball constantly and year mm. round and uh it's it's going to be nice to not have to worry about any of that for a while mm. i think um we'll be going out on the golf course a lot more with mm-hmm. with corbin yes. um and yeah going out and getting frustrated with that which will, which will be a bit of fun and then yeah look like i mentioned spending more time with with Lauren and Chase yep. and um you know helping helping Lauren out a bit more and mm-hmm. and being able to to do that mm. um yeah it'll be good be mm. good mate all right we'll talk a bit more about it later we're obviously here thanks to Hoop 7 you're great friends with the team there at Hoop 7 Cody have they yes. been you might not need as many basketball shoes now but i'm sure you'll still find plenty of reasons to to pop in I absolutely will, and don't worry. I've already told Jace that uh, just because this is happening doesn't mean I'm not going to come into the store mm-hmm. and 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 spend my money there. So, uh, 
you know, that was one of the first things the missus asked me as well once the season was finished was, well, you're not going to go buy any more shoes, are you? I went, no, 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 that's not the case at all. Not the case at all. So, look, I'll, uh, I'll still find my way in there plenty of times. Yes, yes. Well, as you've seen, I've got my own pair of pairs of shoes here mm-hmm. and I don't even need them on a basketball court. So, <laughs> exactly. so whether you're playing or not, you'll still find a reason to, to get some. Um, now, we're getting very close to the NBL season, Cody. We've mm-hmm. got an earlier start. It starts at the end of September, so we're, geez, we're only... A bit over three weeks away mm. from the season starting. We're a week and a half away from the Blitz starting. Yep. A lot of the teams have already played some preseason preseason games. You've got the Perth Wildcats in Vegas. the US right now yeah. to play the um, the G League Ignite, uh, Ignite team. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, the, the action's heating up. We've got a lot to get through in terms of how everyone's looking coming into this season. But over the last couple of months since we did our last show, mm-hmm. is there any news that NBL clubs have made that have really stood out to you? Uh, Look, nothing too out of the ordinary for me. Mm. I think just the player movement, mm-hmm. as always, has been fairly crazy, yeah. and it's always good to see. It's it's always um, it's always fun to see the pieces that are moving, and mm. you know what teams are thinking, and getting uh, Jacob Wiley mm. in yes, something that yes. we called what, yes. midway through last season did, that we yeah. thought should have happened yep. um, to make them a legit contender. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a great point. Listened. We felt like he was the exact play that that Adelaide team needed at the time. They ended up going the total opposite direction, getting Ian Clark. Yeah. But now they've got him for this year. Yeah, and I think that's a massive get for them. Yeah. I think that just kind of changes them more on the defensive end. Yeah. And I think that's something that they definitely need. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but, look, you know, good to have guys like Denzel Valentine. who mm. um, will be interesting to see how he goes in the in the league. Um Certainly a bit of a different league than what he's used to. So yeah, it's, yeah. he's going to be an interesting one to, to watch. Um, I think he'll probably probably take a little bit of getting used to mm-hmm. um, with the league. But, uh, I mean, look, getting guys back like Jalen Adams mm. is is going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, another another probably big one for me would be Finn Delaney. I yes. think him coming back um, is huge. Just for the league in general, yeah. I think a guy of his calibre yep. to, to want to come back and play in the league is, is huge. So it's going to be fun to watch him. Absolutely. So th- when we last spoke, we talked about potential candidates for the Sydney Kings coaching role. Yep. They've ended up filling it with Mahmoud Abdul Fattah. Um, yep. What do you know about him? Not a whole lot, actually. <laughs> um, so look, from from what I've read, you know, he sounds like he's going to be great for them. Yep. Um, like I said, I, I'm not 100% sure on his background and, and all that kind mm. of stuff, but... Uh, Look, from the couple of interviews that they've had with him, he's, he sounds locked in, he sounds yeah. ready to go. and He, he sounds he speaks well, but he also does. speaks like he's gone to a lot of effort to learn the league already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen before coaches come out. Dean Demopoulos comes to mind <laughs> who yeah. made no interest in learning how the FIBA game was played, the NBL yeah. game was played, didn't know anything about no. his opposition, but this guy seems like the total opposite. He does, and I think that's um, credit to him, but also credit to the league sure. um, with, with how far it's come since even yep. Dean. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, and look, quality coaches understand leagues and they mm. want to know leagues and, and get to know how to be successful in that league, mm. especially when they're coming in fresh. So He feels look, very similar to Chase Buford to me, yeah. in, not in terms of the personality. No, you're, you're different quite opposite, I think. In terms of ambition, yeah. he looks like a guy that is using this as the next step in his career. Yeah, he does. And look, the Kings staff had a massive choice this off season mm. in, in picking a head coach, yeah. especially after Chase coming in and doing what he did in his short time. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. But mm. uh, look, from the outside looking in, it sounds like they've made a, a pretty good choice. Yes. Now, let me run through some of the new imports. You, you've mentioned a couple already, but do, do any of these guys stand out or do you know much about any of these guys? Mm-hmm. So you've got Jamal Franklin, Chris Smith, Patrick Miller, Bobby Clintman, Gary Clark, Zylan Cheatham, Parker Jackson Cartwright, Denzel Valentine, who you mentioned, Jordan mm-hmm. Crawford, Josh Roberts, Jordan Usher, Will Cummings. Know much about any of them? And I'm I'm now at that age where <laughs> lots of these guys are too young for me to have, have known them properly. Yeah. Um, look, obviously Denzel Valentine. Um, watched him when he was going through college. Mm. Um, again, like I mentioned, I think he's going to be someone that if he can figure out the league and the refs properly, mm. I think he'll be really good. Yep. Um, but look, like all all of these guys are going to have to figure it figure out how to play here. Because it is a different ball game. It's yep. completely different. It's ref differently. Yes. It's played differently. Um, the things you can get away with and the physicality are completely different to what I'm sure any of them have played before. Yeah. So, look, I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be some, some real standouts. And 
like every year, there will be. I know mm. there will be. But it's going to be the guys that figure out the league and, and figure out their role in their teams that are going to be fun to watch. Especially if you're a big. Yeah. You've just got to work out how to stay out of foul yes, trouble. very much so. Um, we've got some big names returning. So Jacob Wiley we mentioned as well. But Ariel Huckporty back from his Achilles injury. But Matthew Delabadova back. Finn Delaney, who you mentioned, back. Justinian Jessup, I'm excited mm. to see him, him yep. back. Craig Moller back. Jalen Adams, who you touched on as well. Jonah Bolden will be a fascinating watch to see how he goes. And Ian Clark now, we'll get to see him for, for a full season for the yeah. first time at Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, look, lots of lots of good names in that list. Um, obviously, good to have a player with the calibre of Delhi um, yeah. coming back and got his last little stint in the in the NBA, and mm-hmm. that, that was awesome yeah. to see. Um, Huck Porty, he, I really missed watching him play last yeah. year, and I know that they missed him on the court. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be good to, to to watch. I think just from some of the clips that I've seen, he looks in unreal shape yeah. and he looks yeah. like he's going to come out and uh, make a statement, which it's, is going it's to be It's amazing, isn't it? We saw something similar with Jack White. Yeah. He came back from an Achilles yeah. and was a better athlete. Yeah. It looks like Ariel could be the same. I think so. I think mm-hmm. so. And that's going to be uh, lots of fun. So um, Jessup, look, we know what he can do. Yeah. Um, again, always, always good to watch him play. Craig Moller, that's going to be an interesting one to see mm. how he fits in and, and how he's evolved his game yep. uh, while being away for a couple of years now. Um, Talk Jay, to me about Jonah Bolden. What are you, what are you expecting? I'm not sure. <laughs> I honestly am not sure. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched him play a full season somewhere. And Well, we don't know. He hasn't played a full no, season anywhere. And, and that's what since, I mean. Yeah. So, look, he's got the potential that he could be really good, but he's yeah. also got that potential to be a bit of a bust. And yeah. we don't want to see that because, no. you know, it's someone that – you know, a few years ago, was pushing for a boomer spot. Yes, you know, and he was in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, so look, I think hopefully he's got his mind right, he's got his mm. body right, and he's he's ready to go and he's buying in. Mm. Have you ever come across him much? No, not really. No. Mm. So, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you what he is like as a person, character wise, or anything yeah. like that. Unfortunately, but um, yeah, look, I, I th- fingers crossed that he he comes good because because he could be um, a lot of fun to watch. Mm. A lot of movement and a lot of players that have left. And there's some surprising names here. So let me know if any of these that you're especially surprised who aren't coming back to the NBL this season, Cody, or you're disappointed aren't coming back. Mm-hmm. So Antonius Cleveland, Robert Franks, Daniel Johnson, um, Tyler Johnson, Andrew White the third, Michael Frazier the second, Ray John Tucker. These are the three interesting ones for me. Mm-hmm. Barry Brown Jr., Derek Pardon, and Jarrell Brantley from the Breakers, Tayshawn Thomas, Brady Manick, Ryan Brokoff, who's retired, Derek Walden Jr., DJ Vasilovic, Tim Suarez, Justin Simon, Josh Majet, Rashad Kelly. Anyone jump out? That's a heck of a lot of talent. <laughs> it is. Of, of players leaving the league. Um, for me, Antonius Cleveland is going to be one that I'm going to miss watching. Yes. Uh, just the way he could change games and flip them on the head um, in two, three possessions yep. was, was was awesome to, to see. We talked about it last year. He'd put his Superman cape on yep. and all of a sudden they became unbeatable. Yep, exactly. So he just needed that little bit of help. Mm, was was yes. all, um, DJ. Yeah, it's going to be weird to see DJ yes. not in the NBL. Mm. Um, I'm very happy that Adelaide have decided to retire his jersey, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Yes. I mean, for someone to leave or up and leave, and you know, the, the club that you've played with for majority of your career decide to retire your jersey straight away yeah. means you've done something right. Yeah. And I think that is um, massive credit to him and the club as well. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. great. Um, and I love to see that, especially with a Perth boy. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and then, yeah, look, I mean, could go through the list. Everyone on that list is going to be missed in this league for sure. You know, DJ Vasiljevic, mm. someone, again, could turn a game on its yeah. head in yeah. three or four possessions yes. and come down, knock three or four deep threes mm. and, and just completely <laughs> change the game. Well, here's an interesting one. Do you think he comes back at some point this season or does he stay with his two-way contract in, in the US? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm mm. not sure. It'd be an interesting one. I think it's that fine line of the, the two-way contracts are really good because you get to play in the G League as well yeah. and you're closer to the action. You're closer yeah. to um, the coaches over there. Mm. You can get called up, yep. you know, you can get and a be like, contract immediately, hey, yeah. I need, we need you here for yeah. 10 days yeah. today. Yep bit different when you're over here you know you, yes. you're kind of that while the league is on another level to where it's ever been mm. before mm. you're still a day and a half away from the u.s <laughs> yes. you know what yes. i mean yes. so i think i think he stays there mm-hmm. um 
Which I think will be good for him. Yeah. I think it'll be good for him. And look, the way he shoots the ball, um, and not just shoots the ball, but he's able to get in the paint and create he's a scorer. Well. He he's is a scorer, just a yeah. flat out scorer. Yeah. I think I think a team will be able to use him at some yeah. point throughout the season. Yeah. You know, um, so that'll be interesting to see. The Breakers big big three. Mm. Uh, well, we talked about the potential of all three coming back. In the yeah, end, none of their imports yeah. come back. So that's going to be interesting to see how they've recruited mm. in the off season because there's some big big shoes to yeah. fill. Um, and they took a parting shot at Derek Parden when they signed his replacement centre as well, which was yeah, interesting. Yeah, that Saying was. Saying they've got an upgrade on him, yeah, which that's, puts a lot of pressure on. It puts a lot of pressure on, and that's I'm not sure how accurate that mm. really is, mm. to be honest with you. But again, haven't seen them in training camp yeah. or anything like that, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, look, again, signing Finn Delaney, it's, it's an interesting one, I think. Um, yeah, look, everyone on that list is, is going to be missed by the league. Yeah. And yeah. look, happy for, for Rowdy. Ryan Brockoff, yep. who's decided to retire and hang yep. him up as well. I think that's probably a good decision. His body just couldn't hold up yep. anymore, unfortunately. I imagine we're going to see him a lot on our coverage of the, the season this coming so. year. I would assume so, which would be good because yep. he's, uh, he's a really good basketball mind, yep. so that's going to be great. Some players moving clubs as well, so interested to get your thoughts. So Trey Cowell has gone from the Phoenix to to Adelaide, mm-hmm. Shannon Scott from Cairns to Brisbane, Jason Caddy going back to Adelaide, Keanu Pinder, we've talked about him, coming to Perth, DJ Ho going to Sydney, Mango Madiang ending up going to the Breakers and Luke Travers going to Melbourne, which we did discuss on our last show. Marcus Lee going down to the Jack Jumpers. Um, any of those sort of jump out? Yeah. You got Mitch Norton to Brisbane as yes, well. Yes. Um, Todd Blanchfield, Blanchfield back to, to Illawarra. Illawarra. Um, so there are a couple of big names. Um, I think Norto at Brisbane, I think, will be great mm. for that club. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can figure whatever's going on there out and, yeah. and, you know, get back on board yeah. and be a playoff team again. Yeah. So that'd be yeah. good. I know he loved his time in Perth, but loved I, it. I get the feeling he's pretty happy to be back in Queensland yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Look, I think so. A bit closer to home. Yeah. Still a fair way away, but yes. a bit closer to home. And, um, no, that's good. Probably a bit of a change of scenery after, after the year he had, um, will, will be great for him and looking forward to seeing what he can do. Jace Kadee is mm. another big one, big movement. Yeah. Um, will be fun. Yep. Will be will be lots of fun. I think um, back into an environment that he knows yes. very well. Yeah, look, Keanu to Perth. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes because mm. I feel the reason he was so successful up in Cairns was because of how Forty coached. Yes, right. Pump yes. your tires up. Pump your tires up. Pump your tires up. I'm not sure John really I'm has not, the same well, reputation. That's it. I'm not sure really is is that kind of a coach. Yeah. Again, neither of them are right or wrong. Yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how you coach, right? He also won't be the main man on this team either. No. This is Bryce Cotton's team. It definitely is Bryce Cotton's team. And, you know, you've got a couple other pieces around that yes. are, are fairly important to yeah. that to that roster. So, look, I think it'll be a really good challenge for Keanu. Mm. Um, and it will be a really good challenge for the coaching staff as well mm. to figure out, you know, how he is most successful and how to coach him and yeah. bring the best out of him. Yeah. So that'll be really good to see, I think. DJ Hogue. You know he's massive for Sydney. Isn't he's it? Oh, that's a that's a huge signing with with Zave leaving. Kind of kind of similar players in a lot of ways. Yeah. In the role they play. I know that their one's probably a three, one's a four. But yeah. in terms of the controller they have at both ends of the floor, if you're going to replace Zave with somebody, he's probably the closest you could get. I think so. I think so. And look, there's stuff that DJ will give you that Zave yeah. wouldn't, but yeah. vice versa sure. as well. So yeah. you know, I think that's going to be interesting for their coaching staff to figure out how to fill those gaps as well. Mm. But he's, yeah, he's he's a massive get for them. It's probably mm. one of the bigger gets of the season. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath. When we come back, let's talk about your big decision and maybe reflect back on your, your career a little bit. Sounds good. Okay, Cody, back on Hoop 7's basketball hustle. Um, one thing over the last couple of years doing this show with you is that talking about yourself isn't something that you're overly no. overly fond of. <laughs> but if you can bear with me a little bit, because you yep. you do only retire once. Yes. Um, well, some people retire once. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get the feeling you you will yes. only retire retire once. Yep. Um, the thing that's stood out to me uh, the more I've got to know you, and when you told me of your decision, it's that basketball has been the biggest part of your life, mm-hmm. but it probably hasn't always been kind to you. Yeah. Um, when you think about retiring, 
What was what was the major factor that sort of was going through your mind? Uh, probably just the mental drain that it's had on me mm. for the past, you know. Well, look, really, since college days even, yeah. um, I think it's – look, basketball has been – the best thing that's ever happened to me, but also one of the worst things, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if that makes sense to anyone. Yeah, look, it's it's um, it's um, it's given me some unbelievable opportunities that I would not have gotten anywhere else mm-hmm. or gone down any other path. Um, you know, I got to travel the world. Yeah. I got to, um, you know, meet some of my best mates mm-hmm. who, you know, are still in the States yeah. and... Um, you know, all my teammates over that time have been unreal, yeah. you know. Um, There's nothing else you could have done in life that would have taken you to St. Louis for f- four years. No, exactly. And that's that's probably the biggest thing for me mm. is, you know, going to St. Louis, meeting my wife, Lauren, yeah. you know, having our son, Chase, mm. you know, that, that stuff wouldn't have happened yeah. if, if I didn't go down the basketball path. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's been been an interesting few weeks kind of reflecting back a little bit mm. and um you know the ridiculous outpouring of of congrats when i actually announced it on my yep. social media was crazy yep. and i didn't think that i would get a quarter of that mm. um anyone surprise you that you heard from oh just like it was i guess kind of everyone really you mm. know it was one of those things that you know i didn't expect too many people to respond or anything like that to it and i had hundreds of comments mm. and messages and mm. all sorts of stuff and from you know ex teammates to you know ex competitors and mm-hmm. opposition players from yep. college yeah you yep. know i had you know guys from um xavier university mm. you know big kenny freeze who i played against mm-hmm. and even even guys like that reaching out to me and mm. one of the guys in the admin at, at xavier college that yeah, wow. um i'd gotten to know in my time in st louis yeah reaching out and just all the people that, um, again, like I, pl- I played against and competed against and um, teammates, coaches, um, just general staff that I've been around. And mm. it was, uh, yeah, look, it was, it was, it was pretty cool and pretty special. Mm. Um, Without naming names, mm. was there anyone that you're surprised that you didn't hear from? Uh, not really, because again, I, I went into it without mm. really expecting anything sure. out of it. So yep. it was yep. more of a because look, it I kind of kept it quiet, and the team yeah. had team had known since I made my decision mm. earlier in the season, probably about seven or eight games in, six yep. or seven games in. And other than that, like my family knew, and that was about it. Yeah. Um, we'd spoken of, we've spoken about it since, and yeah, look, it's been a secret, but also not so much because. Towards the end of the year, I started, you know, telling a mm. few people here and there, mm. but not, not too many. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, look, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild few weeks with, with the outpouring of messages, and I'm very appreciative of of everyone, mm. and it's uh, yeah, certainly been an emotional couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard it's a hard thing because I, I mean, <laughs> you've you've been such a brilliant basketball player, mm. but I. I just don't know if if you feel like basketball has been good for you mm. overall. I mean, do you, do you feel like playing basketball has made you happy? Uh, look, at times, yeah, mm. for sure. Um, but also at times, not at all. Mm. You know, it's just kind of – and I think that's why, you know, at the start of this season it just – it kind of dawned on me, like, why am I still doing this? Yeah. You know, as much as I absolutely love – the Warwick Senators and, mm. and my teammates. And, you know, I've got guys there that have been there since the start of my Senators yeah. career when yeah. I came back from college. Sure. And, you know, guys that have come on board in the past even five, six years or mm. the past two, three years yeah. that are like family to me now, yeah. you know, and everyone in that club and, and you know, no matter where any of them go, you know, I'll always have their back and mm. I'll always, you know, be cheering for them and rooting for them to succeed. Mm. and. Yeah, look, I think it's it's certainly drained me mentally mm. and that's probably been the biggest thing. Because, yeah, look, uh, there there are times where I'm excited to go to a game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pumped, I'm, like, happy and, like, can't wait to get started and then there's 
it kind of got to the point where it was majority of the time where it became like a oh, far out. We got to play tonight, or mm. we got I got to play tomorrow, or far out like you know training tonight. And I think that was kind of the tipping point for me. Yeah. Of well, if you're not enjoying it, why are you still doing it? Sure. You know, it's it's not. It's not a job anymore. You know, I'm, I'm playing for the fun and love of it. And if that's not how I feel about it, then what's the point? If we trace right back, growing up in the family that you did with your, your dad, the legend that he was, yeah. did you feel the pressure to play basketball? Uh, no. Uh, yes and no, mm. put it that way. Didn't really come from mum or dad at all. Yeah. They were always very open on... Play what you want. You got to play. Same. You play a sport, yeah. but play what you want. And that's the same as you are with Chase. Now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm probably doing it a bit more of a disservice and trying to push him away from <laughs> yeah. basketball a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it was always. It, I tried nearly everything. You mm. know, I played nearly everything, and it came down to footy and basketball, mm -hmm. and it got to the point of wobble and and then playing footies on a Sunday so yeah. I had to make a decision because yeah. I got to the got to the stage where I couldn't do both because mm -hmm. um, I did both for a few years yeah. and loved it yeah. Um, and yeah making that that call to my footy coach back then um, sucked mm -hmm. it really sucked mm -hmm. and look he was upset but he understood as well yeah. Um, and yeah from then on it was it was basketball through and through and mm -hmm. then it became <laughs> almost a full-time job since yes. the age of yes. 13, you know, yeah. 14. So it's been a lot. It's been a massive part of my life. But mm. um, look, I, I did always feel like, well, I need to play basketball, mm. you know. Mm. I think, you know, if if I had that same decision now, I'm not sure which way I'd go. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, look, obviously that's not how it works. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, to have to make that decision as a – as a younger kid is, mm. is huge, yeah. you know, and it's life changing and yep. life altering, even though you don't know it at that mm. point. So yeah, look, yeah, there was, there was certainly pressures to play, but you know, mum and dad, I thought did a, a really good job of letting me decide. Yep. And um, again, that's what I want to do with Chase and mm. let him pick, yep. um, do whatever he wants. So it's been the high point, high point when you look back, what's the, what was the best part? Um, that's, it's tough to pick out any singular thing, man. Mm. Um, like, obviously, got to live out my dream of playing in the NBL. That yep. was that was my big dream. You yep. know, growing up around the Wildcats and mm. around Dad being part of the Wildcats, and I guess being a celebrity here in Perth, really. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he yeah. still is. You know, yeah, you yeah. walk into the arena and there's still people come up, Absolutely. talk to him, ask for his signature, yeah. ask for a photo, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So he's a he's a bloody celebrity here still. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. yes. He likes to think he doesn't like the attention, <laughs> but he, he loves it. I know yes. he does. I know he loves it. Um, which is fair. Why wouldn't you, you know? So, but, um, yeah, look, I think playing college ball, mm -hmm. playing on a, a level that, um, you know, growing up I didn't think was possible because it wasn't really an option back then. Yeah. Um, you know, you had a few guys go and play college, you know, you Andrew Gaze and yeah, yeah. went to Seton Hall. But like other than that, it's like yeah. not many people do it. And not only, not only did you go to play college, you played in one of the biggest schools in the in the country. Yeah. So, you know, getting to play division one college, yeah. you know, and to play the division division yeah. one college, not go and sit and watch mm. from the bench, yeah. you know, I was lucky enough to go to a team that when I started we were re we were building mm -hmm. right so we we had one of the youngest teams in the country mm. um you know we only had when i came in as a freshman we had freshmen and juniors and there was i think oh no sorry freshmen and sophomore and sophomores and then i think there was maybe one junior or senior and he was a walk-on yeah so like we had all fresh faces all all younger guys that were bought in to build and be successful in the next couple of years, mm. not straight away. Mm. My first year, I came in late, started playing during conference play. That's probably one of my bigger regrets is not redshirting my first year, yeah. Yeah. but I'd had eight or nine months of no basketball. And mm. I just wanted to play. Yeah. And again, being young and stupid at that point <laughs> in my life, you know, again, if I had that decision now, mm. I'd redshirt a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. 
and get that extra year of eligibility. Yeah. But again, you know, that's that time of time of my life where I just wanted to play. Just you probably also had play. nobody giving you the advice to do that, did you? Look, yes and no. You mm. know, we had we had our coaching staff that were like, look, it's ultimately your decision. But they probably um, also wanted you to get they did. to play. Yeah, did, well, they, they, yeah. they absolutely did, you know. And, you know, I, f- I felt like I wanted to go and help the team straight away. Yeah. So, um, And then it was my second year that we really struggled. That was kind of our real struggle year and rebuild year. And mm. um, then from there on out, we were just – we were really good. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. good. Um, and then obviously – being in St. Louis and, and like I mentioned before, being able to meet my now wife. Well, um, do you ever talk about that? I mean, if you didn't go to college, yeah, you two would have never even known each other existed yep. in the world. It's on my mind all the time, man, <laughs> yeah. all the time. So, you know, I I look back. I was I was talking to one of my um, one of my really close mates in Rob Anschiller the other night about it, and I was talking about the schools that recruited me. Mm. Um, out of the AIS and, you know, I went on four visits, went on my official visits to schools, which was pretty cool. You mm. know, they, they flew me out from here and, mm. and the family and um, visited, well, didn't visit UNLV, but we went to Vegas because that was on the list and then they <laughs> recruited someone while we were in the air on the oh, way wow. there. So, okay. but that was still one of our stops, which was yeah. cool. So yeah. we got a few days off in yeah. between um, the Were visits. you uh, I was well, 18, well, yeah, it but it's Vegas, 21. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but also visited Colorado, yeah. the Buffs, um, Wake Forest, mm-hmm. and then St. Louis. Yeah. And if it was up to, I think it was, uh, if it was up to mum, dad, and my brother, they would have chosen Wake Forest. Okay. And I think that was probably more because of, like the campus and the environment mm. and mm. I mean, the facilities there are unbelievable. You, you know, mm-hmm. you walk into their practice facility, you got Tim Duncan up <laughs> as yeah. big as the wall yeah. and, yeah. and all those guys that have been through there and been yeah. successful in their careers. And like, again, it's a bigger stage. It's one mm. of the biggest stages in college basketball yeah. um, to play in that conference mm. in, the, in the ACC. So that was huge. But then for me and, you know, in, in talking to dad a bit about it as well, I, f- I thought St. Louis was a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. I thought that, and and look, this is something that, you know, if, if anyone's looking to go to college, mm-hmm. you need to find that. Don't go to the bigger school, yep. you know, don't go to the bigger school because I would have gone to Wake Forest and looking at the recruits they got over the next four or five years, mm-hmm. um, I probably wouldn't have played a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't have played much. I would have been miserable. Mm-hmm. I went to St. Louis and I played straight away. Yep. Um, embraced by the team, embraced by the culture there. Yeah. and um, I think it's a great point because speaking to most people who have been to college from here, yeah. it, there's either two options. It's been the best experience of their life or it's been their worst. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, you know, you, you've got to pick what fits you, yeah. right? You know, how your lifestyle is, you know, how you think you're going to fit in to the school, to the campus mm. and all that sort of stuff and and the city you're in. Yeah. Um, and are you going to play? Mm. It's a long way to go not to play, yeah. you know. We've seen it with guys like Jack White who went to one of the biggest colleges of all time mm. in Duke and mm. played for Coach K mm. and bided his time, yeah. did well, you know, and then became the captain. Became the captain. Yeah. It works for some people. Yeah. But his game translates to that league and that team better than what mine would have at Wake Forest, sure. right? And look, I freaking, you know, count my lucky stars every day that I did pick St. Louis. Mm. Um, cause yeah, you know, it, it led to pretty much everything I have right now, yeah. which is, which is pretty massive. <laughs> it's a great thing to look back on. Um, we're talking about dreaming of playing in the NBL and then you, you signed at the Sydney Kings to play under Shane Hill. You mm-hmm. kind of similar to your first year at college where yeah. you arrived mid season, but, um, ended up playing 127 games, 44 at the Kings, 83 at the Hawks. We don't need to sort of go th- go over again what happened in the last <laughs> season at the Hawks nah. because we've done that and yep. it didn't end the way you deserved it to end, but. To have played five years in the NBL must be something you're still proud of. Oh, very much so. Very much so. You know, I think that to be able to say that I played in the NBL mm. is is huge and something that no one can ever take from me. Yeah. Um, you know, was it the path that I thought would happen when I was younger? No, mm. but that never happens, right? Mm. You know, what you think is going to happen in the future, especially with basketball, yeah. very rarely actually pans out, mm. you know. 
um, you know, I often do think what would have happened if I, I went with other options, you know, mm-hmm. the cats offered me a development spot mm-hmm. out of college mm-hmm. and, um, you know, didn't take that. Thought I deserved a full full contract somewhere, yeah. and and you know Shane Hill and, and the Kings offered me that, yeah. and then uh, to play for a club like Sydney is, mm. is unbelievable, and mm. they were actually one of the <laughs> their social media account actually reached out and mm. you know reposted my retirement oh, cool. and said thank you and all yeah. that sort of stuff, and I think that's what Sydney do really well, and yeah. I think Perth do a good job of that too, mm-hmm. in that you know once you play for the club, you're mm. part of the club, yeah. right? You know. Well, you got your play number. Was it last year? Your play number from the Kings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Which is which is again something that's really cool. Yeah. And um, look, I I loved playing for Illawarra as well. Mm. I loved the culture there. I loved the the city, um, how they embrace it, and how they embrace us as a team, and um, being so close knit to the community there. Mm. I think was something that was very special. Mm. Helped that you know we had a heck of a couple years there, mm. and w- were tough and fun to play and fun to watch and yeah. it helps bring the crowd out yeah. right um so yeah look uh, i mean it's yeah it is certainly something that's that's very special to me to to say that i played in the nbl mm-hmm. and something that um yeah I, I do and will always hold pretty dear what was the experience like coming back to perth to play in a grand final series even if you weren't playing for the wildcats you're yeah. still part of it you're still out there in front of twelve thousand people what was that experience like it was wild it was crazy and look i'd I'd played enough times in Perth um, already and knew what the atmosphere was like. And then to be in a grand final series, it was magnified times Mm. about a hundred again, Mm. you know, and something you didn't think could happen. It felt a lot more like that college atmosphere that I I felt, you know, however many years before to say that I've played in a grand final series, didn't quite get my ring, but that's Mm. okay. Mm. Um, I played in a grand final series. I top scored for us in one of the games. Like, and I was, it was here that I top scored yep. for us, you know. And, yeah, look, overshadowed by some Bryce. bloke named Bryce <laughs> Cotton who, <laughs> uh, yeah, who, and look, the, the Wildcats shouldn't have even been in it that year. Mm. That was the year that Bryce came in. When they were, on they the were last on yep. the ladder. Yeah, like just made an absolute ridiculous run. Yeah. And, I mean, that's probably one of the most storied championships mm. going around, yeah. really. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm on the wrong end of it. <laughs> but uh, look, yeah, look, it was uh, it was unbelievable to be here, and then to, just to have the whole family be able to watch and support, yep. and to see Dad grit and grind his teeth <laughs> to be wearing a, an Illawarra Hawks yes. hat. Yeah. Um, but no, look, I, I think uh, that was that was something that was that was very fun, mm. very fun. The Warwick Senators. You grew up playing at the club. You. Your dad was a legend at the club. You, your uncles had a great legacy mm-hmm. at the club. And then to come back and play SBL basketball with them, they were still Sterling back then. They've mm-hmm. since changed into, into Warwick. Um, and to go on to be be the captain and, and be be one of the best players in the club's, club's history. Um, how, how do you put that into, into words? Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, to, to be able to say that, you know, I, I played from as young as you could play in that club from under 12s back mm. then when I did play, yep. um, all the way up to play pretty much every division mm. um, and then to be able to play in the SBL, NBL one now um, and be like a, a big part of the club and mm. the success of the club and I guess a big part of the rebuild of yes. the club as well. You know, there was a few years there where it was looking a bit, bit bleak and well going back to i think it was 2012 when your dad took back over as coach there was mm. a chance that the club was going to fold mm. completely yeah and to you know to be able to say that i did have a hand in building it back up to where it is mm. now um and to be able to do it with dad yeah. for, for a portion of that as well yeah. is, is something special mm. um is is something that uh i'm sure i'll look back on in you know, however many years time and, and probably get quite emotional about it and mm. something that I've, uh, I've loved to do and mm. I, I've loved to, uh, to be part of. And like I said, like that's, it's such a family community there. Mm. And I think that moving forward, there's, there's only success in the future for them if, if they keep going in this same trajectory. Mm. And, um, 
I'm sure that I'll be back in the club probably in the next year or so, mm-hmm. um, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look, it's it's uh it's it's a club that I certainly hold dear to my heart. It's a debate for another day about the way that the league doesn't fully acknowledge what you did oh, in, yeah. in 2020. But yeah. the fact that you won a championship, you were the captain, yeah. your dad was the coach. Yeah. That's just every 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 boy in their dad's dream, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, yeah, look, it's we got our little five dollar trophies from the league <laughs> that I have batting around somewhere. Um, you know, it's, everyone gets rings now. Do you but, not uh, even get a ring? No, mm. no. So we didn't get a ring. Club didn't get a ring. We got uh, we got a little our little literally five dollar trophies mm. and uh, and a banner. Yes. Look, that's probably the thing that matters the most yeah. is the banner that hangs up in the in yep. the rafters yep. at the stadium that no one can take from us. No, and, and I think that speaks the most about how everyone involved thinks that that season was as genuine as every other season. And both you, who won the men's title, and June Love, who won the women's, yep. have the, those banners hanging up in their stadiums proudly, yes. hanging up there proudly. You know, and that's something that, like I said, they can't take from us. Whether they try and discount it, discredit <laughs> it. You know, in in the books mm. at every grand final series, they can do what they want with it. It doesn't matter because everyone knows. You know, you walk into our stadium, you know that we won that. Yeah. You walk into the Jindalup Stadium, you know the women's team won that. And if it was something that was just a throwaway, mm. then those banners wouldn't be hanging. No. You know, a banner is a banner. We were one of the only competitions in the entire world, mm. not just Australia, in the entire world going on. Yeah. You know, we were lucky enough to be able to play. And really, there was nothing different about the competition except it was played under a different name. Yeah, it was played under a different name. and <laughs> It was a little bit shorter. It was, yeah, look, it was a bit shorter. You couldn't recruit because no one was allowed in and out of yeah. countries, right? Yeah. Which means, what's your local talent like? Yep. And there's yep. no surprise the successful teams in that tournament were the ones that had great local cause, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm super proud of that. You know, mm. it's it's uh, it, it's something that to be the captain of that team, mm. have dad coaching, to have, you know, some of the guys I played with who we still talk about that. Yeah. Um, guys like Noor Nanyang, who's over in, yes. in yes. Victoria playing right now, we're still close and we still talk about yeah. that all the time. Like that team we had was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, if we had a, been able to keep that team together mm. – and add some pieces around it. Well, if Corbin know. could have stayed healthy, he had a hell of a grand final. Yes, he that, did. That, yes, he did. Game. Man loves the big game. <laughs> loves the big games. Yeah, you know, who knows how many championships we could have won. Mm. You know, if we had that same core and added a couple imports around it, yeah. unreal. You know, we were lucky enough to still have Justin King, but he was yes. a local at that point. Yeah. So that didn't matter. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was certainly a, a very special year. Mm. Talk to me about your last game. So you lost your your final to the Joondalup Wolves, but yeah. you had a hell of a game. Yep. You, you you were probably the best player on the court in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So the fact that you know that you were still playing so well in your last game, you hit your last ever shot yeah. that, you, that you will take. Yep. Um, how do you how do you look back on that now? Oh, look, with a bit of frustrations, honestly. Yeah. It sucks to lose your last game, but there's not a whole lot of people that can say that they won their last mm. game no. uh, of, of their career. But look, to say that I made my last shot's pretty cool. Yes. Um, again, not many people can say that. No. So that's uh, that's pretty special. But uh, yeah, look, it, it, it was frustrating. Joondalup just got the better of us, mm. really. Um, and they went on to make a grand final. They did. They did. So, you know, we had our chances. Mm. We had our chances, but it was, yeah, just not meant to be, mate. I think, um, you know, we we kind of hit it a few lulls and, uh, and that's frustrating and... Not much we can do about it, but uh, yeah, look, it was it, it was pretty crazy because um, obviously it was um, Trigg's last game as well. Yes. So locker room was fairly emotional afterwards. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, it was upsetting. It was a bit of relief. It mm. was um, you know the start of a bit of reflection. It was a whole array of emotions going into that and uh what about having your family sitting courtside under the yeah on the baseline for the whole yeah. game was that was yeah that it was cool? good yeah it was good we uh yeah we organized those for them and um that was that was pretty cool that was pretty cool had uh had lauren and chase behind our bench cheering mm. um and yeah look it was it was good to have them there um i'm, I'm glad they were there some players you see, it's a little bit sad at the end of their career because you can kind of get the feeling that they played a, a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. When you always look back on your career now, will you be pretty proud of the fact that 
by the time you finished, you were still one of the best players in, mm. in the league you were playing in. Yeah, look, and that's something that I wanted to do for sure is I wanted to go out still playing at a good level. I didn't want to be one of those people that, you know, others looked at and were like, why is he still playing? He sure retired yeah. two, three years ago, yeah. you know. You know, I, I don't think that I physically was probably ready to retire. Mm -hmm. I think I've still got a couple decent years yeah. left in me. Um, I think the past few games probably proved that a little bit. Yes. Um, it's also nice knowing that you're not hobbling into retirement. Yeah. You're still going to be reasonably healthy. Well, that's it. So that's that's something that... So I, getting around the golf course won't be too well, hard. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, it's um, it's pretty cool to be able to go out on my own terms. And again, something that, that I did want. Um, so mm. yeah, that's definitely pretty special. Above everything else, are you just looking forward to a break from basketball? Yes, very much so. Mm. Very much so. Like I said, it's been the best and probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me is basketball. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, for younger people, don't quite understand that yet. But, you know, some of the guys that are retired would completely understand. Um, it's been something that I've fallen in love with, um, something that I've despised, mm. and it's it's given me a whole the whole array of emotions um, throughout the whole journey. Um, but I'm so thankful for it because, yep. again, it's given me everything I have today, mm. you know. Um, amazing family, um, just ridiculous life experiences. Mm. And to say that I've travelled the world playing for Australia, yes. is, is again, something that uh, I do look back on and reflect and, and say that uh, I, was, I was extremely lucky mm. and... Uh, Lots of time and effort and energy and blood and sweat and tears and, and every other cliche you can think of mm. that have gone into it. But, um, yeah, look, it's been a heck of a journey. But uh, upset it's over, but also relieved that it's over as well. So When you think about 2024 now, knowing that you don't have to plan everything around yeah. a basketball season, what's the one thing you're most looking forward to being able to do, especially probably next winter? Yeah, jeez. It's... Uh, it's a tough one. I honestly haven't looked that far ahead. Mm. Maybe actually go away with my family. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that. <laughs> no. So, because, you know, once basketball finishes is when my work life cranks up. Yep. Um, and that's the busy year, busy time of year for me mm. at work um, between kind of now and February, mm. March. And then all of a sudden work dies down and then, oh, season's here. Yep. Okay, let's crank it back up. Yeah. So just uh, the ability to be like, all right, Let's go away for the weekend, mm -hmm. I think, is going to be um, something that I, I'm really looking forward to. Yep. All right. That was a lot to, to get through. It was right? a lot, man. Let's take a deep breath. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show and have a little bit of a look towards what we're expecting this NBL season coming up. Sounds good, man. All right, Cody, um, you'll be glad to know that it might be time to not talk about yourself too much <laughs> anymore yep. for the rest, rest of the show. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so back on Hoop 7's basketball hustle. The NBL won seasons across the country. Um, I think the standard of the leagues right across the country has gone up and up every mm -hmm. season. I think the way that the teams from, certainly from the East East Conference in New South Wales, have got got a lot better. And we saw that the way that they performed in the national finals admirably. I think the the central competitions got hot, got a lot better and i think you know north and north and south with the quality and money that goes around those conferences yeah. are high quality and i think we should be proud of what we've got here in the west as well um you took part in the nbo1 west competition the yep. Gerald and buccaneers ended up beating the june wolves in the grand final i think everyone was amazed that it wasn't the rockingham flames yeah. even in the grand final yep. um how do you how did you look back on the season overall yeah look uh the league again like the nbl is just especially in the West, the talent just keeps growing every year. Mm. It's awesome. And again, across all the NBL one leagues, mm. um, mm. you know, I, I do keep an eye on, on all the other leagues as well. Mm. And cause I got friends that play in all yeah. of them. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome to see the talent and just the level of imports that teams are able to get in now. Um, just really lifts that yeah. again. Yeah. Look, congrats to Jero. I think they were, they were certainly one of the standards all year mm. over here in the West. Yep. And um, cool to see, you know, guys like Liam Hunt mm. come back from the just horrific injury yes. he had to be able to come out and 
<laughs> kind of turn that game on its head, yeah, that he grand did, final game on its did. head, yeah. and uh, and win it. I want to get your thoughts on him because if we go back three years, he broke his leg in the most horrific way, yep. and um, he was told he would never. He would be lucky to run again, yeah. let alone play basketball again, and. Even now, it's still not 100%. No. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen him post-game, but it's... Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's dealing with a lot. Yeah. The fact that he's able to come back and be one of the best players in the league is an amazing mm. performance. Not only that, before before COVID hit and before the injury, he was about to go and play professionally in Europe for the first mm. time. Yep. And, and the injury took that away from him, and he, yep. he thought he would never get that chance. Not only has he now won another championship in Geraldton, but he's... He's now headed off to Germany mm. to take up another professional contract. It's a it's an amazing story. It is. It's a heck of a story, and look, unbelievable. It's just it's uh it's it's really cool to see. All the best to him and his family in Germany. I think that's going to be something that's pretty cool. Yeah. And again, to be able to say that you've gone and played in the league in Germany professionally mm. is uh is huge. So look, hopefully he can get his body keep moving that forward and getting it right, and uh, he doesn't have to sit in an ice bath from between <laughs> practices. Yes. Um, I remember last time we spoke, you talked about how if you came up against anyone during the finals, mm-hmm. you felt like you could could win, except against Rockingham. You didn't know how to beat them. How amazed were you that they didn't make the grand final and they also went on to lose the grand final of the, the national finals? Yeah, look, it was one of those things that you needed to catch them on on their night where they're not all firing, yep. right? Because, I mean, the talent that, that they had is was unreal, mm. right? I think that... We, we certainly had our ways to, to beat them, mm. but each time we played them, they had someone else just firing and someone else just... The last game of the season, Cody Hill was the one mm. came out and hit yeah. like five straight in the last <laughs> two, three minutes yeah. of the of the second quarter and turned its game on its head, mm. you know? So I think Joondalup caught them on their night yep. and took advantage. Yep. And look, I'm not sure how healthy Devondrick was. Mm. I don't know if he was 100%. I'm pretty sure he's either going in for surgery or has gone in for surgery since and yeah. he's got a little bit of a rehab process to go through this, yeah. this off-season. Yeah. And look, that's, you know, to win playoff games does come down to a bit of luck as well. You know, you, you do have to have a bit of luck on your side, And this is still right? a guy who, in the national finals, grand final, he still had, I think it was 38, 38 points and hit nine, think, yeah. nine three-pointers. Yeah. So yeah. doing still that when, you, oh. when, when he's not healthy is a well, that's hell of an effort. And he's one of the best imports the league's ever seen. Mm. So... I think he's too good for this league. He yep. needs to be earning yep. some some sort of money somewhere, yeah. and I think he's good enough to be able to do that. Mm. But yeah, look, I think uh, Joondalup's roster was stacked as well. Yep. You know, they they had a heck of a roster, and they brought in um, Giannis, the big Greek, yes. and uh, <laughs> that three that he hit late in that oh, game was yep. <laughs> on the <laughs> offensive on the offensive rebound, and he was just waiting up at the he, top of the three point line and. As soon as it left his hand, I was like, why is he shooting that? Because <laughs> yeah. there was still eight or nine yeah. seconds on the shot clock. So yeah. You can pull that out. No, still. you're right, because Rockingham still had time up the other they end. They did. Yeah. They did. And, man, I mean, he, <laughs> look, the past couple games of the season and playoffs, I thought he really proved his worth. Yeah. And he was he was really solid for them. And well, I he's think a seven-foot-two big man. Yep. And he's a, he's a local. Yeah. And I, I spoke to him leading into the, the grand final, and he... Talked about how it's his dream to play professionally in Australia because mm. he's done it in Greece. So he wants to, yeah. in the two countries where his parents are from, he wants yep. to be able to play professionally. Do you think he would have an NBL future because he can be counted as a, a local? Oh, look, I think I think there's there's probably room for him on a roster somewhere, mm. for sure. Mm. Um, again, the NBL is just a, a whole nother level again. Yeah. But look, he proved that he can pass the ball, yeah. he, can, he can shoot the ball, and you can't teach that height. No. So, you know, that's something that... Look, I'm sure there's going to be a team willing to take a chance on him. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see. But, um, no, look, Joondalup's roster was was put together very well. Yeah. Um, so two deserving grand finalists and, and Jero just uh, just too good on the day. We had the national finals that were played here at Joondalup. Um, I don't know how much you saw of it, but do you think it's a – do you think it's a – concept that's worth per- persevering with because I it was disappointing on the men's side that we yeah. didn't see the NBL players come again. So Nathan Sober didn't come to play with Ipswich. Yep. Both Mitch McCarron and Anthony Drummick didn't come to play with West Adelaide. Um, Knox still won, even though Mason Peatling didn't come to, to play. With seven players. Um, yeah, seven <laughs> players for the whole week. Um, and they overran Rockingham in the grand yeah. final despite Unreal. how exhausted they were. Um, 
It was different on the women's side where everyone was at full strength except for Northside who yeah. didn't have Courtney Woods. Every yeah. All the other WNBL players in the competition came to play, so that was better. Bendigo Braves, amazing performance to go through their whole year, both in the NBL One South and then the National Finals, without losing a game. Um, but what do you think of the concept? Uh, it's It's really tough, and I see it as a really cool little concept, and mm. I, I love it because it's something that I've spoken about since I came back from college. Yes. And that's mainly because of all the shit talk I'd get from <laughs> everyone over yeah. East being yeah. like, oh, NBL over there yeah. or that the SBL then yeah. isn't good, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, your stats are all, your stats are all padded mm-hmm. because you play 48 minutes, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the constant battles I had with everyone mm. saying how good this league is over here now that it's a national competition, mm. you know, people seeing that, oh, it's actually a pretty good league over here yes. and – you know, every league in the country is is legit. And yep. to, to have eyes on all of them, this national championship is a good concept, mm. but I don't really see any advantage for the NBL guys to come and play. Yeah. A weekend where you fly in, you get off a plane, you have to play, some teams have to play that night. Yes. I think all the teams flew in on the Friday and played Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you fly in in the morning, you you play that night, then you rest up, sleep, play again the next day, mm. um, rest up, sleep, play again the next day. And then probably fly out Sunday night and then fly go back to your NBL preseason training Monday morning. So you've got yeah. a entire week of preseason. Mm. And for those that haven't been – or don't really know what an NBL preseason is like, it's hell. It is a lot. It is a lot. Mm -hmm. You are in the gym lifting as heavy and hard as you possibly can. Then you're on the court two times minimum Mm -hmm. a day. Um, And probably running until your legs just can't go anymore. Pretty much, Mm -hmm. pretty much. And then, you know, you you might get the weekend off. You might get a Sunday off. It could be that you go all the way through to Saturday. Or that depending on how your team is structured, you could have a day off during the middle of the week, mm. then go for another three days and have a day off on yeah. the weekend, then yeah. go for another two or three days. Just depends on the team, yeah. right? Then to have to go and fly, mm. play potentially three intense games mm. and then fly back and start preseason again, there is zero advantage to it. Yeah. Because all that is going to do is injure someone, yeah. right? Yeah. And... Look, I, like I said, I love the concept of it. I think it's great because it brings everyone, all the teams together, mm. and all the champions together to to be able to play against each other. But you're not going to get NBL guys on board, mm. right? You're not going to get them on board until it's something that is still in the off-season of the NBL, which I don't see ever happening. Well, I don't think we can move it forward any further no. because if you start it any earlier, you're going into the end of the NBL yeah. and WNBL seasons. And also, you're not going to be able to get the players coming back from Europe in time. Yep. And if you end it, yeah, so I mean, I don't think you can move it any no. forward any further. So I actually don't think there's a solution to that no, problem. No, I don't think so either. And look, it's I still think they need to persevere with it because it, mm. it gives the locals and the younger players that national spotlight, yep. you know. We saw some of those young guys from Knox mm. just absolutely ball out in that yep. grand final. It's um, it is it's it's a good concept, and I, I do think they need to stick with it. But mm-hmm. I don't see a world where your Nathan Sobies and your mm-hmm. Kiddies and your Blanchfields and Drimmick McCarran, Drimmick yep. McCarran, yep. Pete Ling, yep. all those guys. I don't see a world where they come and play yeah. because I think in it's, fairness, it's probably it's only development lose. type players that yeah. might be allowed to. Fly. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And realistically, if you're a development player. Mm. You want to be in and around that team as much as you possibly can sure. to, yeah. to prove your point to, you know, to, to be around. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting concept. But uh, yeah, look, I think it, it is good. It is, it is good. I think yeah. they do need to stick with it. The World Cup, Cody. Um, I think we all expected coming out of the Olympics that the Boomers were going to be competing for a medal. Yeah. Um, they didn't make it to the quarterfinal stage in no. the end. Um. Some disappointing losses. The one against Slovenia to knock them out in the end was disappointing, but mm-hmm. even during during the the group stage, it wasn't overly convincing. No. Um, Jock Landale, the loss of Jock Landale on the eve of the departure to Japan obviously hurt, and he would have made a significant difference Good to time. be the, the starting centre on the team. But, gee, I'm not sure if he would have solved all of the problems. No, I don't think so. I think that it's... 
it's a tough one because it's for Gorge, it's it's kind of a new roster for yep. him, yep. right? And they get thrown together a couple of weeks before the World Cup. Well, this is the first time Josh Giddy's ever been given the reins of yeah. the national team. Yeah, exactly. It's his first World Cup. It was a lot of these guys' first World Cups um, and representing Australia on this stage, mm. on this size stage. Yeah. It's a lot for young guys, right? The spotlight is massive. Yeah. And playing against, you know, the best players in the world yeah. is is huge, right? I don't think they quite gelled properly. Mm. Um, I think they're missing a bit of shooting. Yes. So teams could really pack the paint on them. Mm. We've got some of the, you know, best players in that whole World Cup of getting into the paint. Yeah. Doesn't help when you run into five defenders because mm. we don't really have those spot-up shooters. Well, it's an interesting point because the shooting did stand out to me. Joe Ingles is usually a great shooter. He didn't have a great shooting tournament. No. So you, you can give him a pass and assume that he'll shoot better at the next tournament. Oh, absolutely. But you had Chris Golding, who's in the team to shoot, getting DNPs. I don't, yeah, and I'm not sure whether his knee was still an issue or not. Well, then he shouldn't be there. I agree, yeah. and but that's, that's my point is he got a couple of garbage minutes at the end of the Slovenia game when they were already down 20-something, yeah. right? Yes. Apart from that, we hadn't seen him all tournament. Yeah. So my point on that was if his knee's bad enough that he shouldn't be playing, then he wouldn't have played those minutes, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure what was going on. Mm. I think there was times where he probably could have been thrown in there and just been like, look, we need a spark. Yeah. Go out and jack some up, yeah. you know? As soon as you catch it, let it ride. Mm. That's what you do. That's mm. what he's done for his whole career, and he's he's one of the best in the in in our whole league at it. I think that's something that they need to kind of figure out a bit is mm. is their shooting. But they do have that whole new roster. Like mm. I said, you know, it's it's a lot of guys that haven't played together. They got a two week training camp to be inducted into the culture, yeah. to be inducted into the 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 Patty and Joe era mm. of of the boomers mm. and figure out what it takes to represent the country mm. and at, on that level, never doubted their fight or anything like no, that. And no. that's something you never do with the boomers, yeah. but I just don't think they gelled well. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like Giddy who now being used to the NBA court mm. needs to figure out how he can be more productive on a FIBA court. Yep. Yeah. You don't have that same space. Yep. You don't have that same space once you get past your defender, yeah. right? Because you've got those help guys there. Mm. And that's something the USA team and the Canada team have to figure out too, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, look, uh, it's not giving them a pass because the way that we see the boomers now is it's a medal or bust for us, yeah, right? Yeah. That's that's the quality of players we have on the roster. And, uh, I haven't seen the final standings, but like, they'd be lucky to be top 10 in the end, aren't they? Yeah, I think they were maybe ninth mm. or something like that. Yeah. That's a, yeah, a massive miss on mm. the World Cup. Personnel-wise, the Olympics are now not far away. Yeah. Um, they're in Paris next year. Do you make changes personnel-wise? Jock Landau naturally comes in, yep. but do you keep most of this 12? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, I think. Um, Matisse Thibault is the interesting one for me. He is. He, he needs to be that X-factor energy guy on the team, the uh -huh. best defender on the team. We didn't see any of it at this really. World Cup. No. Does Bryce Cotton become an option? Yeah, look, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think um, I I have my doubts because I don't know if he if he has a role alongside Gideon Mills. No, I don't think so either. And it's it is it's a, it's a really tough one, you mm. know. And it's something that I don't envy the coaching staff having <laughs> yeah. to pick a squad yeah. out of out of the talent that we have now mm. around the world. So yeah, I I really don't know. I really don't know. We saw a typical Ben Simmons statement on mm. yeah, I want to play. He said that for the past six or seven competitions and mm. bows out last minute. So if he plays, he takes the ball out of Josh Giddy's hands. He does. Is that actually a good thing? No, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You know, so I think he could help defensively. Yep. But that's you know, he certainly doesn't help our shooting woes, does he? <laughs> no. So no. Look, I I do think we need to find some some form of shooting. I think that yep. needs to be a well, bit of an emphasis. Well, I think if Golding doesn't find minutes in this tournament, he's not going to next year. No. So, so maybe it's not Golding. Maybe um, it's a DJ. Possibly, possibly, absolutely. You know, could, he could be the perfect option. Yeah, yeah. So. Because, because it, like you said before, not only is he a great shooter, but mm -hmm. he's a scorer too, and yeah. can just create and give you that extra option. I felt there were times, especially in the Germany game, the defense of Matthew Delvadova would have been valuable in this yeah. tournament. But if he didn't make it in this tournament, he's not going to the Olympics no, either. No, he won't. And it is 
probably getting to that point where those older guys are on the tail end of their international career. You, know? you would think the Olympics will be the end for Patty and Joe, Joe. You would think. You would think so. Mm. You would think so. And yeah, it's which sucks because mm. that yeah. the era of, from those guys has been unbelievable, yeah. and they've been a massive reason why the Boomers are where they are now. Yeah. Um, it's not only the, the success; it's the culture, culture. that created. I mean, the Boomers' culture is not oh, such a strong thing. Not even looking at on-court success. Yeah. It's it's all the culture of it, and that helps to convert to the on-court success. Yeah. But yeah. it's all what it means to be a Boomer, what it means yeah. to represent the country, yeah. which is wicked. And, and I'm hoping that those two stay on board for that side mm. of things, mm. even if they're not playing, yep. which I think they will. Yeah. I think they certainly will. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens, but uh, I think there will be a few changes. Last question on the Boomers. Um, Brian Gorgian has said that he wants to be the coach for yep. the Olympics and he's locked in for it and he's lost his well, he's lost his club that he was <laughs> he was coaching, so he's now fully able to throw yep. everything into coaching the Boomers. Yep. But should he be the coach for the Olympics? Uh, look, I think so. I think so. Um, like I said, he didn't really get a decent run at this World Cup. Mm. New squad. He had a couple of weeks to implement his whole systems and all that sort of stuff. And that's not enough to be able to compete properly on a world yeah. stage. And in fairness to him, they then lost the play that everything was built around yeah. in, in Jock. Well, exactly, exactly. And again, comes down to that luck, right? Yeah. There is there is luck involved in basketball. Yeah. As much as people don't <laughs> think it, yeah. there is luck involved mm. in it. And... Look, I think if if they do a similar thing at the Olympics, then I think it's something that, you know, BA will look at and be like, all right, well, do we need to go down a different mm-hmm. path? But uh, look, Gorges proved himself time and time again and tenfold mm-hmm. from his coaching career. So to call for his head after one tournament, mm-hmm. um, there was a bit of a uh, bump in the road, mm-hmm. I think is probably – Going a bit early on that. Yep. But uh, look, I think there's plenty of unbelievable coaches waiting in the wings. Mm. Um, you know, Trevor Gleeson, probably mm. top of that list yeah. um, to, t- to take over the reins of the Boomers. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it depends on what, on what they want. But mm-hmm. uh, look, I, I can probably see Gorge coaching the Olympics for yep. sure. I think it would be harsh on him to take it off Very him Very much so. And I think it's it's probably going to be his swan song as well as Joe and Paddy's, you would think. So. Yep. All right, Cody. Um, that was a lot to digest. Yes, it was. <laughs> so we've got all of that out of the way. We'll we'll figure out what we're going to do this season here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle, and and we'll talk about our our plans and sort all that out within the next couple of weeks because yep. the NBL season's very close, Cody. But we'll we'll be in touch again soon. We'll bring everyone up to date on what's happening in the world of the NBL. But for now. I'll wrap things up for this week's show. And I, I just want to give a shout-out to Corey Homicide-Williams, yes, Cody. Horrible news so. that we've now learned that he's battling stage four of, of colon cancer. Colon cancer um, yeah, it's, not, it's not good at all. He's been, he's been, he was a fantastic player, but over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, he's become the face of basketball in Australia. So he's been a great ambassador for the NBL and for the basketball in this country. So let's hope that he finds a way through this and, and can get back to full health and, yeah, I wanted to just give a shout out to Corey to to wrap things up, and you probably want to do the same, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Look, massive, uh, massive thoughts out to to Corey. Um, you know, hearing that news that, that Trev dropped on the mm. on the commentary the other mm. night, I was just shocked. And Laura and I were both just like jaws hit the floor, and that's uh, yeah, that's it's it's something that uh, is really awful, and something that. Uh, we, we hope that he, he battles through and um, I'm sure we will. I'm sure he will because, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly a fighter. So, uh, look, all thoughts out to him and, and his family and uh, wishing nothing but the best for him.